Okay, Jam, today we're going to talk about the chemistry of cinnamon. Ah. Cinnamon, my favorite. Nice. Do you even know what a cinnamon stick is? Is it bark? Oh, yes, I thought you might know that. <laughs> Dang. I just, yeah. I've like handled them and thought, this seems like a piece of bark. It does. They're yeah. like literally sticks. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what they are, where they come from. Why do they remind us of fall winter times? Okay. And also they have something to do with mosquitoes and maybe they're a miracle drug. So interesting. Okay. We're going to be all over it. I'm into it. All right. Let's go. Let's do it. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. And it's Christmas. Yay. I mean, not exactly. I think we're a few days early, but um, we're ahead. So it's not even Thanksgiving for us yet. That's right. So this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, cinnamon's sort of a spice for this whole time, this whole season. Do you know why? No. You don't? You look like you have a guess. I was thinking like, technically it's not. Like I eat <laughs> things that have cinnamon on them all the time, I guess. so. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it. At least okay. I can get you with that, even though you got me with the cinnamon sticks. Nice. Got me. Okay. so <laughs> I mean, It was really a guess. I was like, I did not know that for sure. It's uh, like the only thing I... should I, have held my poker face. You maybe could have been like, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe. Kind of. <laughs> okay. So I love cinnamon candles. I They are like... You know, my go-to Christmas scent. Some people, it's pine. But for uh -huh. me, it, my mom always had a cinnamon candle, so they're, like, nostalgic. Yeah. And um, also, I just love cinnamon in general. Like, the coffee shop that I go to here that you don't really approve of. You're right. It always smells like cinnamon. And that's part of, like, when I walk in, I'm like, mm. Mm. it's just a good smell. They do have good cinnamon rolls. It's just that the, the coffee part of the coffee shop is important, you know? Yeah. But the cinnamon for rolls. For some of us. Some rolls are very good. They are really good. And you can watch them. You used, they used to have a different shop where they would like make the bagel or the cinnamon rolls right in front of you. You could oh, watch them yes. through this little glass thing and it was great. Yeah. Okay. So, but <clears throat> you know, I love cinnamon and it's cinnamon Christmas time. And I had a cinnamon candle in my room all day. And then I was like, what is that smell? Uh-huh. And so the part, the answer is partially exactly what I expected. And then the other part of it is surprising. To okay. Me. So this isn't going to be your traditional chemistry lesson. I mean, there's like obviously chemistry woven throughout, but it's going to be more like the fun fact episode. Nice. And I thought that'd be good because it's Christmas, you know, it's holiday season. Mm -hmm. We're all on break from school. Some of us might, it might be cold outside, you know? Yeah. So we'll embrace the cozy vibes and I'm just going to imbue you with fun facts that, and you. That then you can go take out into your your cozy vibes time and you can share with people like maybe nice. over your cup of cinnamon tea or mm. if you have some, we had cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning growing up, you know, you'd be like, did you know? And it'll be fun. So we're continuing the spread of fun science facts at holidays. Nice. Uh, yes. Yeah, fun science fact cheer yeah. for all to hear. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's go into this. So the part that blew my mind that you already guessed is that it is literally basically a stick, a cinnamon stick. That's so weird. It is weird. It's not that simple though. Um, they're part of a, uh, there's a family of trees, 
cine, cinem, I'm not good at biology words, cinnamomum hmm. is the genus, I believe. And there's a few different varieties. Um, and there, there, you may have heard, like, have you ever heard people say like, oh, this isn't real cinnamon? Uh-uh. Well, there's a variety. They all taste slightly different, but the variety from Sri Lanka is supposed to be like the best. Mm. So there's that. And then the other cinnamon um, that we usually have, that's like less rare, I guess, probably what what you get when you just go to your grocery store, like Kroger or whatever, Mm -hmm. is cassia cinnamon. Mm. There's Sri Lankan and cassia cinnamon. So they're different varieties. And my brother said that one time our mom got some of the like true quote unquote cinnamon from Sri Lanka. They're all, they all have the same major compound, but it'd just be like, the levels of that and other ones that slightly change the flavor. But he said it was so much more powerful and a little bit more oily and mm. really, really good. Interesting. So that's cool. That is cool. I would never have thought that. Me neither. I didn't, I hadn't heard about that. Like I've heard about the vanilla fake versus real, right. but I didn't know there's also a cinnamon conversation, but there was, I found some articles that I linked in where people were talking about that, where I linked it in our show notes. Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, I've heard the vanilla thing a lot before we talked about that. And of course I didn't know a lot, but I had heard that so many times, but I don't know if I've ever heard somebody be like, Oh, it's not real cinnamon or whatever. <laughs> I think I'd probably be like, what? <laughs> like, it tastes good to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about vanilla too. Um, so it's a kind of, it's a tree, but it's kind of like a bushier tree. And so um, it looks like, you know, those ones that get the little red buds all over them or pink buds all over them that are around here. Uh huh. Uh huh. That they're like, it's, I'm making a little C with my hand for those of you listening. It's like about this big around as like some of the main stalks and branches. That's about the size that the branches need to grow to, to harvest cinnamon. Off okay. Of them. And what um, they'll do is, and I, I linked a video in there in our show notes that's, it's from Science India and it just shows people harvesting. It's pretty cool. Wow. So they'll cut those branches and like any offshoots off of it. And then the outer layer of bark, they actually scrape off. Mm. So that just gets scraped off in shavings and those shavings might be wrapped in the next layer or maybe just discarded. But, um, then what they do is the next layer, they'll get brass rods and sort of massage it to make it loose. And then they cut like a ring around the tree, a ring around the tree and, you know, then a line connecting it. So basically you can take it off in a sheet. Uh, I see. Does that make sense? Yes. Visually. I don't know for people who are listening, maybe that'd be a little confusing, but basically you just like cut a layer you know, on either side and then a line connecting the two rings so that you basically you've un, you can unsheathe the tree and you have to be really careful. Um, and it seems like a really skilled trade mm. that you have to develop in. But so it's really the inner layer of bark that makes up the cinnamon that we know, the like sheets that are kind of rolled up. Interesting. It's the inner layer, not the outer layer of bark, but it is basically bark. It's basically just part of a tree. Wow. It just sticks. Weird. Isn't that cool? So it's like, can can they keep doing that? Or like, I feel like a lot of trees, if you mess with their bark, it's really pretty bad for, the, for it. I don't know. I couldn't tell if it's like, do you just cut off one branch mm. and then another branch is still growing and then you cut off that? And maybe they you did- just avoid the trunk <coughs> in every way because that's probably the most important Yeah. Long term. I don't know if that's what it was or if they, um, they say it has to grow for three years before you can harvest it. So I'm like, do they just plant new ones and turn them over every three years? I don't know. That's how coffee is too. It's like, it it really can't produce 
something we can take from it and use for like three or four years, something wow. like that. So you have to really plan ahead. That's crazy. Yeah. And Stardew Valley takes a long time to grow coffee too. Dang. <laughs> Not years. I don't think. At least though. they were accurate. Yeah. That's, that's cool. <laughs> it's longer than the other crops though. I also feel like that's surprising that they even included it. Yeah. I feel like it's a crop that like wouldn't have been thought of. Well, then you make your little coffee drinks mm. and it's cute, you know? <laughs> I exclusively play video games that are cute. So. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't think it's fun. So, <coughs> sorry, I'm still got a little bit of a cough left over from um, when I was had a really down bad with a cold in the last two weeks. But I'm much better now. Um, but I still have that cough lingering. So that's how we get cinnamon sticks. You know, they roll them up and they let them dry and then they turn into our little rolled up cinnamon sticks. So the thing that's mostly responsible though for our taste of cinnamon within the sticks is an organic molecule. Shocking. Mm-hmm. So organic molecule means that it has a chemistry, uh, chemistry backbone, <laughs> a carbon backbone in chemistry. Any um, carbon based molecule or carbon containing molecule is um, organic chemistry. So it's mm-hmm. an organic molecule. And you also may remember that we've talked about aromatic rings. Do you remember those? I do. Uh, I do remember that. It's been a long time, but yes. We talked about it in our vanilla episode for sure. Uh-huh. And the idea is that the aromatic ring is um, a lot of times they have really good smells associated with them, good aromas. So early on in, you know, organic chemistry, as they're developing the discipline, they would isolate these compounds with really good aromas. And they noticed a lot of them have this similar ring structure, which is six carbons in a ring and alternating double bonds. Mm-hmm. And that is known as a benzene ring, which we've also talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. But because the benzene ring was present in a lot of these molecules that had good smells like vanilla and cinnamon, the name aromatic ring just kind of stuck. Mm. But it does have like a pretty distinct meaning within chemistry of like, these are the features of an aromatic ring. It's not just that one. But the name kind of just stuck together. So now benzene is around in a lot of things and it's called an aromatic ring, but it doesn't always give a good aroma. Sometimes it can give a bad aroma. Mm. And sometimes just a part of something that's not really very aromatic at all. So there's a benzene ring. And there's also another functional group on it called an aldehyde. And we've talked about functional groups a lot too. Yes. And they're just a collection of atoms that are arranged in, you know, a specific way that will function in a specific way. Uh And that one's called an aldehyde. So our cinnamon has an aldehyde and that is the thing that gives us the good flavor, cinnamaldehyde. Ah, cinnamaldehyde. That's the common name of this molecule. The standard name is, um, you know, there's a whole IUPAC. We've talked about that before. That's the International Union of Pure and Applied Chemistry. And they have a whole systematic name, but that wouldn't mean anything to anybody but chemists. So. Mm. But the common name is cinnamaldehyde. Cinnamaldehyde. It's weird because when you put like that, because of the aldehyde part, and of course, the aldehyde I think of as formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. oh, should we be eating this? Like, <laughs> it just still seems kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. I think that just goes to show, like, there's so much fear mongering in in chemicals. Like, mm-hmm. it'd be really easy for someone to be like, cinnamon has an aldehyde, which is the same 
group as there is in formaldehyde. And so it's dangerous to eat, but that's just not true, you know, but people will do that and take things out of context a lot. So I'm glad that you pulled that out. You're like, what aldehydes? I thought they were bad, but it's just like, no, that aldehyde is bad. Right. (laughs) But I am correct in thinking I should not ingest formaldehyde probably. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. And I think also, uh, is this right or is this wrong? I think I can't remember off the top of my head when you ingest methanol Uh instead of ethanol. I think it might break down into formaldehyde. Oh, interesting. I'm not 100% sure, though. Huh. And I, I bet if I knew other aldehydes, it wouldn't seem like this universally bad thing, right? Yeah. Because I only know one. It's like, oh, it no. It feels bad. <laughs> yeah. I think, is vanilla an aldehyde? Hang on, let me look up. Vanillin. If you're wondering what we're talking about, go listen to our episode on vanilla. Yeah, it is also an aldehyde. Okay, but we, we just go. don't call it vanilla vanillaldehyde. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of aldehydes around and they do, um, a lot of them do have standard smells. So cool. That's it. Dang. <laughs> That's not all your fun facts though. That's just what gives the char- characteristic cinnamon smell. That's crazy. Okay. So that's your, your main smell. Hang on. I lost my, my page here in the notes. We're talking about aromatic rings. That's the main component. Okay. But it's not the only thing that's in cinnamon. Okay. And this is my speculation about what makes the Sri Lankan cinnamon better than other cinnamons. Okay. Is that the variety and the amount of the different other molecules present would be different and that would change the flavor experience. Mm. And we talked about that also with vanilla, that pure vanilla, quote unquote, like made from vanilla plant, the extract is actually not pure. It has a bunch of other stuff in it. They can give it a variety of flavors. Right. Whereas vanilla, artificial vanilla extract is actually just mostly pure vanillin, just the one yeah. main compound that gives you the vanilla flavor, but it, it kind of can fall flat to compared to the multi-complex flavor of vanilla extracted from a plant because there's all this other stuff there. Right. So similarly in... I'm guessing in these two different cinnamon plants, you would they're slightly different in flavor, likely because they both have cinnamaldehyde. So they're both real cinnamon, you know, if that's what we're looking for. Yeah. But they would have different varieties of the other compounds that are present. Got it. Or different amounts of them. And so, um, but some of the names of things that are present, there's something called eugenol, which is in cloves. And Herophylline, these are also common names. It's also mm. present in cloves and pinene from pine trees, which we had a whole episode about last year around this right. time. So there's lots of uh, other aromatic compounds and oils that will give it flavors. And then there's a bunch that I didn't. Mm-hmm. So that's what gives it its characteristic smell and flavor. There's the primary profile of the cinnamaldehyde that gives you a characteristic cinnamony flavor, but then that is added complexity with the other plants that are the other compounds present in the plant. Okay. And it is likely that this plant produces cinnamaldehyde as part of a way to protect itself. Ah. Which means that it and many other spices has some antimicrobial properties. And are you ready for this big reveal? Yes. That is why we associate it with wintertime because when meat needed to be preserved before there was refrigerators, a lot of different spices like ginger, clove, nutmeg, and cinnamon 
would be used to preserve meat because they Mm. had these antimicrobial properties and that would protect it from bacteria. And so meat consumed in the wintertime often had those spices on it. Interesting. And that's why we think of them as seasonal flavors. Wow. So it was like those spices were available in the winter more? I think they used them before the winter to preserve the meat. And then during the winter, you ate the meat that was preserved with those uh, spices on it. Like, so you would just hunt less or something? I think so, because animals aren't as around in winter. Right. Right? Interesting. So that's why. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, maybe there are some, but you're like, okay, I want to have some meat saved because yeah. it's going to be, it could be rough. Yeah. You know, we could be snowed in or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. But now we don't have to preserve meat like that. Right. But we still associate those flavors with the fall and winter seasons. Yeah, that's crazy. It's interesting too because it's like, it really makes you you wonder like, why do we associate any flavors with any time at all period, you know? And it probably is all stuff like that. Yeah. Or seasonally, like I think lemons grow in the summer. Right, right. When are they available? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. But it is weird because there's nothing inherently wintry Mm -hmm. about cinnamon or nutmeg or whatever. But it's like. But there is now. But. we've decided. (laughs) Yeah. We have made it so and we keep handing down that association Mm -hmm. to each new generation. Like my mom's candle. Right. Even though none of us have actually that tied to the real reason anymore. Wow. Yeah. And like for me, you know, I go to that coffee shop year round. It smells like cinnamon and I love it year round, but I don't ever light a cinnamon candle unless it's, yeah, unless it's Christmas time, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought that was a fun little tidbit. That's really cool. Isn't it? I wonder what that meat tasted like. I wonder if it was like weird. <clears throat> well, I also wondered about like, okay, so that's like our history of it in our Western culture, but were native populations using it mm-hmm. in these certain ways too. I mean, that I'd be really curious about that. I mean, it's native yeah. to Sri Lanka. So, you know, I think it's a tradition there. So how did they, did they also preserve meat? Yeah, meat right. Before it got moved over into the Western countries? Yeah. I don't know. And I couldn't find a lot of information about that from sources that I'd be like, yeah, definitely I'm going to, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, um, I didn't really have as much information about that. But maybe if we have, I know we have listeners in India and Sri Lanka, so... If you have any insight, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. That'd be really cool. So <coughs> this is now that we're talking about westernizing things. This this um preserving it and it being antimicrobial is now being incorporated into Western medicine. Mm. I think we talked about this when we did the um peppermint episode. Yeah. But uh peppermint and cinnamon both have been used in treating um bacterial plaques. So I'm just going to read this quote from the press release from the American Chemical Society. Many bacteria clump together in sticky plaques in a way that make them difficult to eliminate with traditional antibiotics. Doctors sometimes recommend cutting out infected tissue, but that can be costly and it's invasive. Mm -hmm. So essential oils and other natural compounds have recently emerged as alternative substances that fight pathogenic bacteria. Researchers have had a hard time translating that into treatments, 
but recently some researchers, um, I won't, I, their names are Rotello. It says Rotello and colleagues. So, um, they tried to package peppermint oil and cinnamaldehyde in, um, silicon nanoparticles so just kind of a different delivery method Mm -hmm. and it worked it killed four different types of bacteria including one antibiotic resistant strain wow and it seems to also promote the growth of cells that are important in wound healing fibroblasts Mm -hmm. and there was a study that came out in 2020 that indicated that cinnamon and other plants might be used um to fight COVID-19 because you know, it has that spike uh-huh. and it can inhibit the spike, interesting. which is, I don't understand how, cause that's beyond my pay grade, but super interesting. Weird. And last but not least, cinnamon has been used as a mosquito repellent. It repels adult mosquitoes mm. and mosquito larvae. Ah, nice. Which ties back into our mosquito saga. Yes. That's very surprising. I know. I would not have expected that about any of it, honestly. No. So it's like, okay, so, in order to try to find some, some, some positive results of note, they had to to f- come up with a new delivery system for it. Yes. So it seems like they knew this was possible, and it has a my antimicrobial mm-hmm. uh, kind of quality to it. Mm-hmm. But that didn't seem sort of dependable, just in like a here, put some on your hand or something like that. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe it was hard to concentrate it down enough, but then it be. Because, I mean, you don't want to put straight 100% pure of something that could be a skin irritant on a wound. Right. So I wondered if, like, oh, we tried to do it in a pure oil of cinnamaldehyde and that would, like, cause skin irritation or burns. Yeah. Or, like, we can't put cinnamon powder on. That's, like, not going to be hygienic. Or, you know, I wonder if they went through some processes until they identify, like, oh, this is a consistent way we can apply that won't like necrosis or anything bad to the tissue. That was yeah. my guess. Yeah. That was a chemistry off the cuff. Off the cuff. Interesting. Very interesting. And I just, I think it goes back to a lot of the stuff we've talked about before. Like when we learned about rubber and when we learned about lavender and when we learned about natural mosquito repellents, it's like indigenous cultures have known things, you know, that we didn't know. Yeah. And the science is just catching up. Yeah. They had a suspicion that, hey, this seems like it works in these scenarios or whatever. And yeah, I mean, obviously who knows how many things of those have turned out to be true and not true, but it's cool when it does. Yeah. And I think it happens a lot that it turns out to be true. And then we also talked about that episode of Radiolab where they took a really old, (laughs) I don't know if you remember this, but they took a, it was two history nerds and also microbiologists and they Uh took a really old, like, medicine man's book or something Uh and they concocted the thing that it said and it did kill bacteria. That's crazy. I know. So I think they, they just were science. It was a different scientific process of finding what worked in nature and using that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also like tons of experimenting with what they had. Yeah. They probably tried a bunch of things. It was like, Oh, it didn't seem to work. Let's try this. So we'll try something different. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. That's crazy. Western science is just trying to catch up. Yeah. And you know, purify and make consistent and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it could be like, yeah, this leaf looks like this. And if you do it like this, then it works sometimes, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, how much water did you put in there? Or like <laughs> how much of the leaf? It's like, well, we didn't have measurements. So it was like three leaves. Yeah. But we just consistently size? did this. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. That was like somebody was baking. So we recently went to a wedding, our friend's wedding, and the chocolate chip cookies they had at the dessert table were oh, yeah. amazing. Yep. And I was like, I got to get this recipe. And I went over and asked and she was like, oh, it's just Nestle's recipe. And I was like, I got to watch you make those cookies because I know you think it's just Nestle's recipe, mm-hmm. but you do things that you probably don't realize that you do. Like yeah. the temperature of the butter, you probably have it the same every time. And mm-hmm. that will affect the final cookie or like the order in which you add the ingredients might be different yeah. or like, especially like the baking soda or baking powder like that. <laughs> what what stage that's put in there obviously yeah. it's gonna make and a the eggs like if you overbeat eggs it can change the proteins uh, in that too and like is your oven actually at what you think it's at because our last oven was 50 degrees hot and our new oven is 50 degrees cold you know uh, so i'm like i gotta know i want to watch you yeah. and capture it so that i can reproduce it which yeah, I, yeah you're like similarly with like native Cultures, it's like oh, native medicines. Let's yeah, let's watch what they did and try to capture it and reproduce it. Yeah, and like having the tools now to to be able to measure things in a way that's consistent and like replicate things. That is a huge advantage. Yeah, it's like take the good, uh, the use your powers together for yes, good. Yes, yes. What is that? It's a synergistic. Mm. It's like oh, Western medicine is really good at standardizing and mass producing and like you know. That kind of and, stuff. And, and like, investigating why. And investigating is. why and the optimizing it. Yeah. And then indigenous cultures have all this like traditional knowledge and let's let them work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really cool book about that called Braiding Sweet Grass, if anyone wants to check it out. Oh, yeah. You talked about that. She's a PhD biologist and also she's native and she talks about like she sees the science and the yeah. indigenous knowledge working together all the time. It's really cool. That's cool. So that was my, uh, that's a fun little foray into cinnamon. So when you're cozy up on the couch with your cinnamon tea, or I like to add a little cinnamon actually into my hot chocolate. Mm. Um, and there is also, there was a lot of stuff I didn't talk about, but one thing that I learned is also it could work in the fight against Alzheimer's. There's some things about that. Nice. Like it inhibits the growth of some certain type of cell. So, you know, put a little in your smoothie, put a little in your hot chocolate, just Mm -hmm. put a little dash wherever, and then think about all of the amazing properties of cinnamon. That's crazy. And think about how it's like bark. That's crazy. The fact that it's like bark. Yeah. Think about how like, I'm like, I'm putting a stick in my hot chocolate. And then drinking it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then you can kind of. Ground up stick. Yeah. Mm, it's like sticks. everything <laughs> that we kind of ingest is basically just, I used to make fun of tea cause I'm like, Oh, it's just dirty water. Yeah, it's, it's like leaves. everything we eat is just like dirties. It's like mm, leaves, mm, mm, sticks, leaves, <laughs> mm, sticks. I like I, it's cinnamon tea. It's like, I like how I don't have sticks with my leaves <laughs> and my water. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and what is it? Isn't chocolates fermented? Beans, right? Oh, yeah. Well, so I think it's a seed, isn't it? I can't remember. That was so long ago that we did yeah. that. So, mmm, seeds fermented with sticks ground yeah. up in my hot water. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot less appetizing. Yeah, seeds and leaves and sticks and hot water. Mm. Yeah. Well, definitely I have in nuts because I use almond milk too. So, ground up in, in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> soaked yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this has taken a weird turn. Yeah. Anyway. So that's it. That's your fun uh, cinnamon facts. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I had no idea. Me neither. 
I mean, like, other than just the visually, it looks like a stick. It was like, I had no idea where it came from. Yeah. Or what made it smell good. Nope. Nothing. Or that there was fake, quote unquote, and real, quote unquote, cinnamon. And I would have not guessed that it had any benefit whatsoever. I think a lot of things, like, a lot of things that are very aromatic are also antioxidants because Mm. they have that ability, if you want to go learn about antioxidants we have an episode about that but we have they do have an ability to capture free radicals which are real people talk about those a lot and they use it to like kind of be woo woo and yeah do chemical fear mongering but they're real and so a lot of different natural things have those aromatic rings which are really good for you yeah as long as it's not just straight benzene then that's bad right it's it's a lot to think about but yeah natural products in a lot of ways like have really good things. And, you know, they talk about having a lot of different color on your plate and yeah, a lot of different aromas. Now add that in. It's also one of those words people use just like the word chemical, which is like, it's I natural. Know. I was like, well, I know. Yeah. It's all natural. Honestly. Natural products means a specific thing in chemistry. Right. But it doesn't mean that for consumers. Yeah. It's like, neither does organic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I like, say natural products, that's usually what I'm thinking. Yeah, of, it's like yeah. nothing means anything anymore. I've heard people be like, well, I wasn't more, more natural. I'm like, well, like you said this before. It's like, well, arsenic is. Is natural. It's a natural. Yeah. It's an element. It's yep. about as basic of a building block of chemistry as it gets. And yet it's bad for us. <laughs> In like, chemistry, this is a good thing for you to bring up because I didn't really distinguish that. Natural product synthesis is a branch of organic chemistry. And it's it aims to, I'm reading straight from nature, the peer reviewed journal. Mm -hmm. It aims to prepare a complex target molecule such that the product is analytically identical to a naturally occurring compound. Mm. So when I think of natural products, I think of that. It's like, Oh, we have an organic molecule of some kind that we're trying to match up. Yeah. I didn't even realize that I was doing that. Yeah. That's why it's good to have a have an expert and a non-expert. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have a someone who's not a, doesn't know. I'm like natural. Does that mean the person who sold it to me is wearing sandals? <laughs> That's kind of like. But you're, you're right. I would never say like, oh, arsenic is a natural product because it's like, oh, I have a specific category of natural product in yeah. my mind. It's an organic molecule that is like, is often very complex that we're trying to mimic. Yes. Right. Right. Wow. Good well, catch. Now, now we ha- now we know. Now we know. I was thinking about because you talked about the chemical fear mongering thing, and then you said we're natural. I was like, oh, that's ex- almost exactly the same thing. Yeah. In just the other way, you know. But, yeah. Yeah. People do that. They'll fear monger. I have seen that they like use chemicals as fear mongering, but they don't explicitly say like toxic chemicals, or they'll do the mm-hmm. thing where it's like formaldehyde and cinnamaldehyde are the same, so you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. eat it. But then they do do the other thing where. Sometimes I've heard it called greenwashing where they'll say like, oh, this is natural. So that automatically means it's good. Mm -hmm. And there is not regulation on that much like there's not regulation on, you know, what a chemical is. Yeah. But then within chemistry, you know, like organic has a very specific meaning. It's carbon based and natural products mean, oh, we're I and within chemistry, we're trying to find, you know, we have a natural product and oftentimes we're trying to synthesize to match up to that. It's like a whole branch. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But it is, it is hard. Like when you're on TikTok and (laughs) Instagram and (coughs) Facebook and people are sharing just all kinds of like, this is natural. So it's automatically good. And that really is not true. And even like I was talking about with cinnamaldehyde in its pure form, if you just put pure cinnamaldehyde on your skin, it's an irritant. 
lots of essential oils are irritants. Mm-hmm. You don't want them concentrated down to a hundred percent pure that thing right and then put it on your body that can be really dangerous and some people are allergic to it you know it's Mm -hmm, like there's mm -hmm. just not like a natural equals better yeah but a lot of natural products uh meaning they are organic products that occur in nature have aromatic rings and high conjugation which can be really good for antioxidants and natural might not always be better but it is does sound cooler (laughs) and that's what most of us are out looking for we want to look and sound cooler so. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing my Snoopy Christmas sweater. Is yeah. because I want to be cool. Yeah. Anyway, Joe so cool. I don't know what Joe Cool is. It's like one of his outfits, one of Snoopy's outfits. Oh. Like when he has the sunglasses on, he has like a. It's like kind of one of his characters. I don't know. I didn't watch any Snoopy except for the Christmas Snoopy. Oh, nice. There's a really cool one of Vince Guaraldi's, like you know bits of score that he wrote mm-hmm. for various, you know, peanuts specials. It was called Joe cool. And it's a great one to really, I like that one a lot. That's cool. It's like not a really recognizable theme, but you just like, I was like, this is cool. Like he just wrote this, like Joe cool. He like kind of embodied that Joe cool vibe into this little track. I, but, I love, um, the peanuts Christmas or Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. But that's like the Me extent too. of it. And there's those, twi- those twins that go like this. <laughs> yes. I love that. my favorite. I love it. All right. Well, um, normally we would wrap it up with a happy thing, but do you want to share a fun um, Christmas tradition or thought Hmm. or where you're going to be on Christmas this year? Hmm. I don't know where I'm going to be. By the time this comes out, I will hopefully know where I'm going to be. Wow. You're living on the edge a month ahead and you don't know. Yeah. I mean, we got, you know, things up in the air, but the, um, hmm tradition well, i feel like we recently talked about some traditions we did we? on a bonus episode yeah that's right okay gotta keep that secret then huh um where are you gonna share a happy thing do you why do you go first you have something already yeah i was thinking um so this i have to be kind of vague okay this isn't a Christmassy thing i just this is just a regular thing so okay. i'll share that All right so um and you can send me your Christmas well wishes. I'm working on a collaboration, which you already know some of this, but I'm working on a collaboration in my like research side of my life. Uh-huh. And because of that research collaboration, <clears throat> I've had to work at, uh, reach out to real life podcasters that I actually listen to. Oh yeah. And that I, some of whom inspired me to start this podcast. Mm-hmm. And every single one that I've emailed has gotten back to me and has been really nice. Nice. And is really excited about the project that I'm talking about working on with them. Uh-huh. And it just feels really cool that they're, it's tangentially related to this podcast. So it's like, they're excited about the work that we're doing and they've all been so kind. And I sent those emails off, like this is never going to work. And yeah. Everyone responded. It was so nice. And so that was kind of a really, that's been a fun thing that's been transpiring in my research work life. Behind nice. The yeah. That's cool. So that's that. been fun. And then this year for Christmas, we're going to drive to my sister's house, which is like kind of out in the middle of the woods. Uh-huh. So that's kind of nice. And then um, we're going to Amarillo from there. And oh, last year we drove straight through. Yeah, y'all did. And it was miserable. So we're going to take a day break. Nice. That's a great idea. So that's our, we'll have a little like 
decompress, be at home, do your laundry, unpack, repack, Mm -hmm. get the second set of whatever gifts or what like snacks or whatever you're going to bring to that side of the family. And then, yeah. Nice. That's a great idea. Lesson learned. Yeah. When y'all talked about doing that, I was like, man, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. It's a long, it's like a 20 hour drive, I think. Man. Cause it was five hours to Amarillo and then like, well, I guess that, so it'd be 15 because mm. it's like nine or 10 to Mississippi. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's a long drive. Um, well, I thought of one. Okay. Let's one hear little um, sort of tradition kind of thing is I, you know, I, I like Christmas music, but so much of it's not good. <laughs> so what happened about, you know, I don't know. At this point, it's been like 13 years ago or something like that. One of my favorite musicians, Sufjan Stevens. Yes. Shout out. Good old Sufjan. Sufjan, if you want to hear more, go on our oh, yeah. subscribe subscribe to our podcast where yeah, on I our secret episodes, Jam talks all about it. So here's a little, a little anecdote is that, um, so he has two different collections of Christmas stuff he's come out with. Really? Which means... Total, that's 100 songs of Christmas stuff he has had out, put out that's into the world. Lot. Some of them are like little ditties, you know, like yeah. not a full on song or whatever. But uh, so when he came out with the second collection of Christmas stuff back in 2012, I want to say that was me and our friend Sean mm-hmm. went to a, a show, a Christmas sing along <gasps> of that. Um, that he put on? Yeah, that he did. Yeah. Wow. Playing his music and stuff like that. So uh, we went to this Sufjan show mm-hmm. christmas show one of the most fun shows i've ever been to that sounds so cool and um get to you know hear all those songs live and stuff like that which is really fun he has a mixture of like you know covers of traditional ones and writing his own mm-hmm. and stuff and we got to meet sufjan afterward and talk to him for a while was he nice yes very nice i have a picture with him nice and uh it was great it was awesome so I love listening to those songs every year. Yeah. And I think a lot of Christmas stuff is like, eh, you know, it's like, oh, somebody did another one of those of that song. <laughs> and it's like, wow, so original. But I love the two ones because I'm so attached to them. Yeah. So, you know, obviously everybody's got that for certain songs for them. So I, I t- I'm not knocking that at all. But sometimes it's like, guess who came out with a new version of this? It's like, great. You know, <laughs> like the, the, Artist of the of the time of the season yeah. for this little bit in their fifteen minutes, they did a version of whatever. Song. All I want for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I'm not in a general sense super into all Christmas music, and it does get a little old at all the stores and stuff. And you're like, oh gosh, like da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun. Every story <laughs> you go Mariah to, Mariah Carey. Yeah. Every story you go to is like, oh, is they're that playing this one. Yeah. yeah. But I love the Sufjan ones. So. I like breaking that out. Listen to those. Um, super fun. I put on Christmas music when I decorated my tree, but I don't think I've heard any Christmas music since then. Really? Yeah. Maybe because I'm just at home most of the time working from home. And I, I guess they don't really, I'm thinking about it. I think there's one store I've been to that, that has been playing some, but I don't, I think a lot yeah. of places haven't started yet. So yeah, they might wait until next week. But I don't know. My go-to Christmas albums are um, a long time ago. I got my mom at the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. Yes. And so it's like mostly instrumental, but still Christmassy and nostalgic. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. And then another one that I listen to a lot is uh, like my mom loved Bing Crosby. Mm. So I'll do that old style of like, you know, 
old, it's sort of like old timey vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Those are probably my two go-to Christmas albums. Yeah. yeah some of those like old kind of crooner ones are really cool. Yeah. And those don't really ever get old in a sense because they, they kind of have always been old. They you feel know? classic. Yeah. Yeah. They've always been old. So that you just like listen to this, this old guy singing white Christmas one yeah. more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're in so many movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So those are mine. That was fun. Nice. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for coming and hanging out with us on your holiday break. And um, I hope you all have a great new year. And I, will we see you before that? I don't think we will. We'll be out with a new episode in the new year and you'll have a re-release in between that. That's right. That's right. Yep. Great. And thank you guys for your questions and ideas. Um, always the best. And if you have a thought, a question, something you've wondered about, like, is this chemistry? Reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chem, F-O-R, yourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas, ideas with us. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, you can join our super cool chem community of patrons and supporters on patreon.com slash chem for your life. That's patreon.com slash chem for your life. And then you get secret content that's mm-hmm. not chemistry. Secret podcast. You get, depending on your the tier you pick, you get a sweet little note from us. You get some behind the scenes stuff. You get to join our, our monthly coffee hour. It's pretty cool. If you can't do that though, you can still help us by subscribing in your favorite podcast app, rating, writing, review on Apple Podcasts, subscribing on YouTube, and say a little comment on one of the videos saying hi. Yeah. Those things help us share chemistry with even more people. So we appreciate that. And we'd love for you to do those things. This episode of Chemistry Free Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer. And this episode was made possible by our financial supporters on Patreon who enjoy all those benefits and who want to make chemistry accessible to even more people. And those supporters are Avishai B, Bree M, Brian K., Chris and Claire S. Shout out Chris is almost his birthday. Chelsea B, Derek L, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Katrina H, Latila S, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Rachel R, Sarah M, Stephen B, Shadow, Suzanne P, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you again for everything you do to make Chemistry for Life happen. And an extra special thanks to Brie, who often creates illustrations to go along with episodes to Chemistry for Your Life. And you can see um, her website on our show notes, and you can follow her on Twitter to support her and thank her for that. And if you'd like to learn more about today's chemistry lesson, you can check out the references for this episode in our show notes or in the description of the video on YouTube. Yay, chemistry! Yay, chemistry! Almost went there.